everyone. This is the Crime Cafe, and this is your podcasting source of great crime, suspense, and thriller writing. I'm your host, Debbie Mack. And before I introduce my guest, I would just like to remind you to check out the Crime Cafe link on my website, debbiemack.com, D-E-B-B-I-M-A-C-K.com, where you can find buy links for the Crime Cafe box set and short story anthology. It's only $1.99 for the box set and $0.99 for the anthology. And you can also subscribe to the podcast there. And now, it's a great pleasure for me to introduce my next guest, a woman who writes in the hard-boiled mystery genre, which I love, and also has an awesome female protagonist, S.G. Wong. Hi, S.G., how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Debbie. How are you? Fine, thanks. I had the pleasure of reading uh, your first Lola Stark novel, and Die on Your Feet, I just thought it was so um, such an interesting concept. Thank you. Why don't you uh, tell us about Lola and her companion, so to speak, Aubrey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So as you mentioned, um, my, my series protagonist, her name is Lola Stark, and Lola lives in a city I call Crescent City. I created a world for her, um, and it's uh, based on a 1930s Los Angeles, but the premise is what if, what if the Chinese had colonized rather than Europeans? And then um, I also imagined uh, ghosts being a regular part of life in Crescent City. So uh, Lola's uh, constant companion, and, um, Aubrey is invisible to Lola, but she hears him. She hears him just fine. <laughs> and oftentimes she's not happy about hearing what he has to say. But, you know, that those are the best sorts of um you know, partnerships, dramatic partnerships are, you know, when they're, when they're at odds, it's really fun to write. So Lola is a, um, she's a bit of a trust fund baby, but she's actually also a private investigator. Um, and she, she chose that path because of her father who, uh, who worked at um, one of the studios in town. So since it's based on, so, you know, not a very close reading of 1930s era LA, but sort of, you know, this Hollywood um, glamorized version that we all sort of have, those of us who don't actually live there. <laughs> um, so there are movie studios, there's a movie studio system. And so Lola's father used to work as a fixer for the studios and she's kind of gotten into that sort of problem solving um, career. Yeah, so that's who she is, and um, and her companion Aubrey. Yeah, her ghost. <laughs> and it's really something. Um, the first book ends in a way that's not really a cliffhanger, but really strongly suggests an interesting sequel. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> um, I've actually um, well, so far, I mean, now it's uh, it's twenty eighteen, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Uh, there are three books out in the series so far, and I'm actually busily working on a prequel novella. It's actually a reworking. I actually had finished it back in July of 2017. And then, you know how it is, Debbie, when you, you've done something and it's okay, but something's not quite sitting right with you. 
you know, as the writer. And so I sat with that for months and I finally decided in December, I had to rewrite the whole thing because it just was not quite working. So um, I have no idea when that's going to be out, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm working on it. Yeah. And then in terms of the, um, the continuing novel series, I have an idea to do three more books, books four, five, and six, I guess it would be sort of like a trilogy within the larger series because I have a really long story arc I want to uh, I want to explore so that's what's on on deck I guess as they say well that's fascinating um, yeah I, I realized that you had some books after the first one and I was curious about what kind of story arc Lola had without giving too much away over the, the course of those books right uh, so for books one, two, and three, so you, um, and thank you very much again for your lovely kind words about book one, Die on Your Feet. So um, the two books after that, the second one is called In for a Pound, and the third one is called Devil Take the Hindmost. Uh, they aren't like a serial in that you can read them out of order, although to be perfectly honest, everybody prefers, they tell me they prefer to read them in order. Because there is a, you know, there's a progression to Lola's uh, character and especially her relationship with, with Aubrey, her ghost, and also her relationship with some of the other people around her, her family and friends. So it's three different cases entirely. Um, I have a much, you know, larger, longer, overreaching character arc for Lola. I have some things planned for her that will really, really test her mettle. Um, and that I think is just a personal preference. I like, I like reading stories where, especially with serious protagonists, you know, where they are challenged, they're really put through their paces. And I like as a reader to see what, what happens, how are they going to grow? So, you know, it makes sense, I guess, as a writer, I like to explore that on my own as well in my own art. Um, so there's not really much to give away. Bad things happen. <laughs> and then, <laughs> And, and Lola has to figure out what to do about it. That was like every book. She has her ghosts yeah. to deal yeah. with. Absolutely. <laughs> Literally. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the, um, the interesting thing is combining uh, this paranormal sort of element with hard-boiled mystery. Yeah. Uh, was there something that came out of the science fiction or fantasy uh, literary tradition that inspired you to combine those two things? Right. Um, I, well, I'd have to back up, I guess. As, huh. as a child, I read a lot of fantasy. Not as much science fiction. I didn't get into any um, science fiction until maybe after university, really. So, you know, later in my, in my 20s, I guess. But I loved fantasy and I read, you know, the classics. Of course, I read Tolkien. Um, I read this um, hilarious, uh, wonderful fantasy series of five books by uh, David Eddings called The Belgariad. Um, it's since been, they've since uh, admitted that he mostly wrote that with his wife, Lee. But they, at the time, you know, in the, in the early 80s, they weren't. They weren't uh, crediting his wife. They were just crediting him. So it's nice to see that she can, she can claim some of that work because it's a really fun series. Anyway, it's a fantasy series, you know, epic fantasy, high fantasy, uh, but that really classic quest fantasy. 
And whereas what I write, I suppose you could think of as like urban, not urban fantasy in the sense of, uh, I guess what it's come to mean is, is um, vampires and werewolves and <laughs> things like that. So not, not quite like that. Um, I read that stuff too, for sure. It's um, more the idea that, you know, what if, what if we lived like in a parallel world? So what if Lola lives in a parallel world where ghosts are and magic is normal? Um, and then what would it look like? So that's really, I guess, that's more the tradition that I'm, I'm writing in. Alternate history, I guess, is, is an easy way to say it. Alternate history. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, have you ever read Death is a Lonely Business by Ray Bradbury? I have not. You should give that one a look yeah, because he's, you know, you know what he used yes. to Yes. <laughs> that was his little um, foray into hard-boiled mystery. Right. And at the same time, there was an element of the fantastic to it. Right kind of creepy, Bradbury-esque, okay. hard-boiled mystery. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I just wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, that, I, you know, I love, I, we, as writers, we love book recommendations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Let's I also out. have to ask if you've ever read anything by Mercedes Lambert. No, I have not, Mercedes Lambert. Yeah, okay. she wrote, um, she was able to write three books before she died in a oh. series about okay. Whitney Logan, Okay. Who, um, in the third book called Ghost Town, there are elements of magical realism that come okay. into the story and Native American culture. And it's really interesting. It takes place in California. Okay. So, um, Los Angeles and um, very good, very good books. Yeah. All I, three I'm of them are. But the third one was like, started to get out there. She was getting right. out there a little bit. <laughs> okay. So, so when, was, when was she publishing? Um, this was back in the 90s, I hmm. think. I think okay. it was the 90s. But I just remembered that she had died not long before I um, really started to do anything in terms of self-publishing and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I just remember feeling like, oh, that's such a shame because... Her first, you know, those three books were so wonderful. Mm -hmm. And she also wrote under her, um, that was her pen name. Her, uh, her birth name was Douglas Ann Munson. She wrote a novel called El Nino under that name, yeah. which was also very good. I think, I think she might have been a lawyer. That was one of the things I liked about her, that she, thought, that she dealt with the legal system in her work. And um, I remember El Nino was about the juvenile justice system, mm -hmm. which is one of those things that really kind of concerns me a lot. I know. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, you know, you might be interested in those. Yeah, I will check Especially that out. Ghost Town, because when you talk about the fantastic and everything, that that book was starting to get out, out there into the fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> having, having I know, we could spend a whole hour exchanging book recommendations, I'm sure. <laughs> I know, yeah, we could talk about that sort of thing for forever. Um, you said that uh, Crescent City was uh, inspired to some extent by Los Angeles, you know, yeah. you have the studio system and everything. Right. Um, was there any other location that played into the, uh, into your description of it? Because 
I really had a vivid sense of the place. Really? You know, oh, well, thank of, you. Of the, of the, um, the tile joints, you know, kind yeah. of like gambling casinos in a way. Yeah. Almost um, like a Vegas or Reno-like really? <laughs> atmosphere. Yeah. Um, you know what? I did not have an actual location that I based that on. That was really all um, my take uh, of Chinese culture. So um, I, I know from firsthand experience <laughs> that gambling is a huge part of, of Chinese culture. Very, very large part. So any any um, city that would be, you know, um, settled or found like my fictional Crescent City would have been, would definitely have, it, have involved gambling establishments everywhere, uh, not only uh, for residents, for people who are citizens of the city, but also for tourists as a way to bring tourists in. It just seems like a natural thing. I've never actually thought, oh, maybe people might think it's like Las Vegas. So that's so funny that you brought that up. Now, now I'll have that in mind. I'll be ready the next time someone asks me. <laughs> <laughs> I just happened to think of that, yeah. you know, because that gambling aspect was in there so much. And yeah. um, I like the way the book touched on social issues. Thank you. That's Thank something you that I'm always looking for in, in good, hard-boiled mystery writing. Yeah. And noir writing. Yeah. Well, I do think um, I do think in a way it's inevitable if one's writing in that tradition. So I, by no means, I am not by any stretch of the imagination an expert on hard-boiled or noir traditions. Um, I've done just a little bit of reading. I am a very huge fan of uh, Raymond Chandler's Philip Marlowe series, like a huge fan. <laughs> and um, but one of the things that I, I noticed, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> I noticed uh, about, you know, while reading Chandler is you cannot avoid social issues, I think. Uh, I mean, he certainly didn't, and he made much of them, you know, whether it was in the foreground or the background. There's just no way to separate, I think, realistic characters um, in a dark kind of the underbelly of any given city, any large city. You can't avoid social issues then if you do i think i think readers feel there's something missing there's some added depth that's missing so i'm so i'm so grateful that you noticed and you and you commented so well it's wonderful and yes the uh, chandler influence is definitely <laughs> definitely there and i love raymond chandler yes as well as dashiell hammett yes yeah yeah those guys were fantastic. Yeah, they were. I mean, I've, I've dipped my toe into reading more uh, classic noir. So I always cite uh, David Goodis as someone that I just, I can't get into. It's, it's actually a little, it's too bleak for me. Um, but I recommend them, I recommend him to people who are wanting to find out more, you know, and of course I have my huge big black book of, of American noir and yeah, Black Mask and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. There's some wonderful stuff from that magazine. Yeah, yep. Um, let's see. Uh, what authors would you say have most influenced your writing? Uh, well, I think we've already touched on that. It would be Chandler. Other than Chandler. Sure. Yeah, other than <laughs> Chandler. Um, I think... I don't know if this would qualify as an answer, but one of my favorite current authors now writes historical mystery slash romance novels, Deanna Rayburn. Mm -hmm. And what, one of the things I love is, is her, um, 
she's so good with the historical details. So I really take that. I mean, there are so many different authors who are wonderful with historical details. Uh, there's a Canadian author, Susanna Kearsley, same thing. Their attention to historical details is really inspiring for me. So I, I do take inspiration from both of those authors. They also write wonderful novels. So, <laughs> you know, and to see how they, how they weave together what's clearly a lot of hard work in the background during the research with their, their lovely, wonderful narratives, um, I find that inspiring. So the two of them, um, I guess, yeah, I mean, I make up so much of my stuff and I, there's so many authors that I read and it's like, well, I must take a little bit from everyone, right? Yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. <laughs> there's, um, uh, oh, another author that I've had the honor, pleasure of meeting is Patricia Briggs. So she writes uh, what's, what, you know, is commonly called urban fantasy. She has a series, it's the Mercedes Thompson series. She has two series, actually. They're both set in the same world, different uh, protagonists. But what I take from her is sh how she creates an entire world and society. And also how she's so great at zooming in on the relationships of her mm -hmm. protagonists, whether it's with, you know, their romantic uh, significant other or just everyone around them and how there's an entire community that she creates and it's so believable so I'm, I'm really inspired by that too. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was going to say you do a great job of um, painting a picture of the uh, the Chinese culture of, of that community of, of the relationships between Lola and the people that she knows. Thank you very much. Her relatives, <laughs> her ghost, yeah. Her, her, her various dealings with people. Yeah, I had um, I had the pleasure of being on a radio show here locally in, in Edmonton, up here, up north here. And um, the interviewer asked me, you know, what would you say your books are about? Like that question, what, how do you answer that? And it just popped into my head. I said, they're about family. The ones that we are born into and the ones that we make. And um, so your comment about about the richness of that. Thank you very much. I feel like, yay, I succeeded in one aspect. <laughs> but yeah, it's important to me uh, to portray Lola as part of a, a larger whole, I guess, you know, a larger community that she's really not all on her own, despite how she might think. Exactly. Yeah. 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 She does. She's very, um, independently minded but she is within a community of others who are connected to her that's right whether that's they're right. alive or not that's right <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I mean even in real life the people that we've loved in our lives and who loved us who've who've died who've passed on they're still with us right <laughs> so this is just you know my series is one way to maybe dramatize those ties i like that yeah <laughs> that's good <laughs> that's really clever i never thought about thought it quite that way but you're yeah. right yeah. yeah um if the series were adapted into a movie or tv show oh, who would you imagine playing lola oh my <laughs> um i wonder I thought like, oh, it could be Angelina Jolie, but um, 
I think she's too beautiful. So <laughs> that's like a terrible thing to say because then who do I say next? If I say someone next, I'm saying they're not beautiful, but that's not what I mean. Um, oh, I did have someone in mind and now I've forgotten who it was. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Hilary Swank might be able to pull it off, I think. Yeah, I mean, she definitely has the range. It's not about that. It's that it's, I don't know if she's tall enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for someone tall. Uh, ish, right? Ish. I have a couple of times where I mentioned that Lola's much taller than the general populace. <laughs> but, um, you know, because she's not Chinese, right? So uh, for the most part, in my experience, um, most of the Chinese people I know in my life, we're not that tall. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I don't know. I would say Angelina Jolie, I guess, but she may be a little too, um, too mature. There has to be a certain kind of, you know, you toughness, you know, the toughness of youth where you just kind of put it on and think that that's enough mm -hmm. when really it's, everyone can tell it's just a, it's really just a mask. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to think more on it. Maybe I'll like, I'll tag you on Twitter once I figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be interested in knowing. Yeah. 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 Um, is there anything else you'd like to add before we finish up? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. Well, first of all, of course, thank you so much. Thank you for um, spending some time with me and, and giving me two great, three great book recommendations. I'm going to look into them. Um, what else? Well, I hope, oh, I hope... Um, the blog post I was uh, thrilled to write as a guest post for you. I hope people will take a look at that because um, it talks a little bit more about the background for Crescent City and, um, and Lola's situation. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, I don't know. I, sh I want to say all the things, but there are too many things to say. But thank you. thanks so much, Debbie. Sure thing. But uh, everybody, don't forget to enter um, SG's giveaway. Uh, she's giving away her book, the first, the first one, correct? Yes. Yes, actually, yeah, that's a good point. So everyone, if you, yeah, if you, um, actually, if you send me an email uh, saying, you know, that you read the blog post or you heard the podcast, I'm actually giving away a digital copy of a uh, Canadian mystery magazine to everyone, wow. yeah, everyone who emails me. And then if you would also, people would also like to win a copy of that first book, a print copy, then I will do a draw of everyone who says, please put me in the draw. Um, um, and if they say they want to subscribe to my, of course, my readers group list, then I will put them in the draw and then I'll let them know and handle all the shipping and sign it to them or not, depending on what they want. I have people say, please don't sign it because I might give it away. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I'm saying that's great as long as you're spreading the love. That's awesome. That's it. That's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> so, I hope that wasn't too confusing. So email and to say you listen to the podcast or read the blog and you'll get a copy of a mystery magazine. And then if you join my readers group, you'll put the, you'll be put in the draw to win a copy of this of this book that Debbie Mack has said she's enjoyed. I loved it. <laughs> oh, I loved you. it. I really thank did. You. 
Oh, I wouldn't wow. say that if it wasn't true. Yes, I believe you. Yay, you made <laughs> my day. You made my week. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. On that note, I will just say thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being with me, Yes, G. And um, in the meantime, be sure to also check out DebbieMack.com, the Crime Cafe link, where you can find the buy buttons for the anthology and the box set, as well as the uh, podcast subscription buttons. And uh, until next time, happy reading. Mm -hmm.